360, motherfucker. Yes. Um, you're back with episode 60 mm-hmm. of the um, Why Are These Drake Tickets So Goddamn High podcast. So, yeah, you know. Drake is like men's Beyonce. Yeah, I feel like it is. And plus it's in Madison Square Garden, which I think is like a jig in itself because it costs way more there than the Barclays Center, even mm-hmm. though the Barclays Center is like apparently going in this price competition of who can fucking make people shell out the most money. But yeah, so mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm looking for tickets for this Drake tour because I'd like to go. If your piece is hitting, let me know. Um, no, looking at these prices, look literally like there's there's two there's two tickets, two seats, five hundred ninety seven dollars each. Who the fuck is buying? I mean, I'm sure people will Mr. buy Monopoly, it. nigga. I'm sure people will buy it. He's there with his bitch and his thimble. I think so. I mean. People will buy it, but I'm I'm just this not going to buy it. This shit is crazy, bro. Yeah, it's, I'm just not going to buy it. I'm actually going to lower this price range all the way down. What's the lowest it could go? 200. I'm going to lower it from 200 to 245. So, <laughs> oh, great. I'm going to be looking from fucking space. There we go. Oh, yo. Y'all are not nice. <laughs> no, I mean, but the, the... Y'all are not nice people. No, I've heard that statement before. Listen, 300 level seats are not ideal for seeing it's not like for instance like there's beyonce where you're like oh god good there's pyro and smoke and like a giant screen behind her this is like this is a rap show this isn't like the entertainment of in like an r&b or pop star show where there's mad like you know theatrics going on and shit i mean maybe there is maybe you know drake brings out you know uh, a group of odell beckham's behind them and to start <laughs> millie to start dancing to one dance and shit like that or something along those lines oh, maybe man. that happens odell but beckham's. um okay he'll bring out odell yeah, beckham yeah. skepta and all the other weird <laughs> hey, but it's just like he wants to bring out fuck 300 level seats for that's the, that's the best we can do and they're 200 i mean i'm not satisfied i'm not the type of person who's just satisfied being there i'd also like to see what's going on we will be there with those little spectacles that which people wear the outfit. Little, yeah, the little, tiny little glasses and little shit. Glasses, not a monocle. It's that little, those little, um, those little binoculars. Yeah, little wear. those fancy binoculars, fancy binoculars. Pinky up and shit. Um, shout out to everyone who listened to episode fifty nine mm-hmm. with um, Erica Ramirez. Shout out to Erica for coming through. Yeah, shout out to shout out to all of that. It got it got a lot of good. Um, I got a lot of good feedback from that episode in regards to just the interview of it. So. Um, maybe we can do more of those down the line. You know, yeah, you we know, used to do interviews a lot, and now yeah, they're just like, you know, yeah. fuck them. <laughs> but it's like people are very, you know, it's very difficult to book people. Very yeah. Big. Like we try to strategize. Sometimes we try to strategize guests around releases, and that doesn't really work out. Nah, either. we just got to bring them on and have them talk shit about random shit. Yeah. Um, but I think since last week we we didn't really get into any sort of music. Wait, actually, no. This is not what I, t- I didn't want to get into music news so early. Just yet. I wanted to talk about our mixtape because we have a mixtape coming out, and it's fire, y'all. And we talked about it two weeks ago, and we got a brief mention last week during our conversation with Erica. Mm-hmm. But we finally, and I think we didn't mention it so much because we didn't have a title for it as yo, of yet. Stop telling people that. Well, you know, we can't be. Yo, nah, we gotta. We gotta, listen, we gotta. We can't be honest about how. This is the new are. age. We gotta let them into the creative process. We gotta like Kanye changing his title around eight different times. Like, or that's Drake something changing that, his title like three times. Yeah, that's something that actually happens that people don't know because they're not into the creative process. And I feel like Kanye, Kanye, Kanye with his Kanye. swish waves. Um, Tilapia or Tilop or the life of Pablo. Tilapia. Um Tilop. led us into that creative process and everyone felt a little, you know, everyone's like, Oh, I have a say in this. It's like we all had our hands in the soup. Yes. We we all knew what was going on. We were we all, all knew in on what it. the spice was in the gumbo. So, um, we finally have a title for it. <clears throat> um, I believe 
Don't say I believe. You know it's pronounced this way. No. We're well, from New York. All right. So the title is Thadi Adi Dopalicious, mm-hmm. which is obviously a Strictly play- for the ladies. Yes. No, it's, I'm kidding. It's, it's, um, it's obviously a playoff of the Outcast song, Spotty Adi Dopalicious, or apparently if you, you know, speak from the South, Spotty Odi. Speak from the South. Speak if from you, the South. If you have a Southern dialect. Sure. Let's go with that. Yeah. Let's go with the pr- proper way to say that. Yeah. Um, I was like, if you speak from the South. Sure. I was like, how does one speak from the South? I don't know. Is that I oral speak... sex? Is that term for oral sex, young man? I, shit, why not? Speak um, from the South, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you that dragon with that hat. Or if you're outcast, <laughs> um, Spody Odie Dopalicious, which would be like Thody Odie, but I feel like Thody Odie Dopalicious. Thody Odie, yeah. I feel like people are going to see it immediately and know what we're pronouncing yeah, it I, as. On the cover, we're literally covered in mink coats in front of a Cadillac. That is not the cover. That is not we the cover. We did not no. shoot a cover. Oh, I'm, why am I still letting Stop snitching. The process? Stop um, snitching, dog. But, you know, there will be a cover soon enough. It is officially going to be released on May 5th. No, wait, May 6th. Is that Friday? Mm-hmm. Yes, May 6th is a Friday. So we're officially going to drop on May 6th. It's going to be sometime between the hours of 12 a.m. May 6th and 11.59 p.m. on May 6th. So, you know, stay tuned to both of our Twitter feeds, Dammit Carlos on Twitter and myself, Meals TV. And we'll get proper releases. Or you can stay tuned to the, you know, Two Belts Twitter, which we have, which, you know, sometimes I like posting stuff there. Sometimes I don't. Um, but it's Two Belts Podcast on Twitter. So it's called Thoughty Adi Dopalicious. Mm-hmm. It will be. A... It's not really about thoughts. It's just. No. It's just about, like, stuff that we, we've always wanted to talk about in, like, small format. Yeah. And I feel like it just felt right. <clears throat> it just felt right, Brian. Mm-hmm. It just felt right. <laughs> Shut up. It just felt right. Um. I want to share this tweet because I think this is going to be me as a dad. Sure. Uh, this is a tweet from someone by the name of Exploding Unicorn. said, my five-year-old daughter, I think a boy likes me. He drew me a dinosaur. Me. That could mean anything. The five-year-old says again, the dinosaur had a hat. The father responds, oh, shit. I'm sending girls dinosaurs with hats. Dinosaurs with hats. And, yo, bring me a dinosaur emoji. So with I can that send hat. It. And the hat emoji. Don't, don't. Yeah, and he got to like have a Pharrell hat, though. Do, do they have, they have dinosaurs. No, they got to have the future hat. The future hat? Future hat? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because that dinosaurs. way she knows she knows not to fall in love with you because you love the dirty more. If you listen to this podcast, San Carlos, dinosaur hat emoji. Dinosaur so hat emoji. So he knows it's real. Yo, ladies, send me that dinosaur hat emoji. Is so there a dinosaur emoji? I'm no, there isn't. There's a dragon. I use the dragon instead of the dinosaur. Um, there is a. And then I use the brown hat because that looks close to future's well, why hat. Why wouldn't they have a dinosaur? I don't know because they're extinct. Fuck yeah, you, but fuck we you know talking they, about the past four. But we know what they. Why look Why you gonna like? bring up the past four, Jamil? We, we know what they huh? look like. Huh? But I don't know. I don't huh? Know. Um. So last week we didn't really get any <laughs> music talk because of our long interview with Erica, which was a great interview nonetheless. But yes, very long. Um. Um. So th- I think this week we'll just exclusively talk about music because we have mm-hmm. a lot of music to catch up on. We have uh two major releases in the form of Beyonce and Drake, which both came out within the span of seven mm-hmm. days. So we're gonna definitely get into that because everyone's talking about that. Mm-hmm. Um. But I think first off, we should start off with the mixtape that was released a couple weeks ago by Lil Uzi Vert. And I think it was... Uzi versus the world? Uzi versus the world. Um, I listened Which to the, Lil Uzi Vert versus the world. Yeah. To be proper. Um, to be proper. Because we are classy gentlemen. 
Um, young young th- pinkies up. Hashtag Thodiori Dobelicious. Delicious. Um, <laughs> with our big brimmed fuzzy hats yeah. and our big rings. <laughs> but yeah, um, Lil Uzi Vert. How do you feel about Lil Uzi Vert? Just in I general? love this guy. Um, he's very like, I love when he works with certain producers because I know it's going to hit as opposed to be like a hit and miss. I think, I don't know. I'm not sold on him <clears throat> yet entirely. What is going on? Okay. Um, I'm not sold on him yet, just entirely, just because I feel like he still has a way to go in terms of... I feel like... I don't know how long he's been rapping. Yo, them shoes is fire, boy. I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, ripped jeans, too. I know. Who are you, nigga? Nigga, well, listen, listen. When I'm not at work, this is like... You got ripped jeans? I dress I dress differently when I'm Show not at work. Show the girl some kneecaps? Kneecaps. I feel like my knees aren't light enough to oh, yeah, really accent the jeans. Whoa, man, your knees are like... Yes. Obsidian. Yeah, my my knees aren't light enough to accent the jeans. These aren't really my knees. Anyone sure. who knows what obsidian is is gonna laugh at that sure, joke because it's like, too clever. I feel like the ripped jeans work for you because you're lighter. So people are like, oh, those are his knees, and whereas me, nah, they like, see pure ash on me. Really? Yeah. I mean, I got ash here, but like you know, ash gang. Um, but yes, um, I'm not completely sold on Lil Uzi Vert. I think he's a great personality. I think mm-hmm. he means well. I think he's a. a I think guy. he has a great energy on his records, cool and I think guy, yeah. that's that's an it factor that um, is very, very important in terms of making great records from here on out. But I think he still has a bit way to go in terms of becoming like a fully formed artist. Mm-hmm. I think all of these. I feel like he doesn't have a lot of options. I think he, I think he just needs a little bit more. He just needs the professionals around him. He needs the peers. No, you're right. He needs the um, the sort of the older gang who can sort of. <laughs> I was like, who's gonna? But the thing is, he's so new. So who's gonna really mentor him? Like... Yeah, I think people. Well, I think people fuck with his energy a lot. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, I think DJ Drama fucks with him heavy. I he he's a great in terms of just being around for a number of years and being able to drop that sort of knowledge. I think uh, a lot of people, you know, in Atlanta, a lot of people from the South can continue to just like that I assume he respects can continue to drop knowledge and things like that. I think he's just, he's a bit away from being sort of a fully, you know, great music. And I think that was like with Thug too. Thug in the beginning sort of had that. Who needs to mentor him? We need the Rafiki of the South, my nigga. Juicy J. I think Juicy J could. Juicy J would pick him up, crack like a bottle of lean on his head and then do the Simba thing. I think, yeah. I think Juicy J could, but I think Juicy J could help out plenty in the South. But I feel like, He's gonna learn a lot more from like the TIs and mm, like true, true, true. Um, but that's like that's for more super mainstream. Yeah, I'm no, no. I wouldn't see him going that, but I think TI can just see him like, listen, you're gonna want to, you know, you're gonna want to spit this way, you're gonna want to do this, you want to accent this way. Mm-hmm. I still think he has a bit of way to go. He still seems very um, very new. Yeah, just very new about it. But Lil Uzi Vert versus the world, there's definitely potential mm-hmm. in the mixtape. Um. It's a lot of it's it's a lot of just like young energy on it. Um, produce a lot of pr- some production by Metro Boomin on it. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you pronounce this? Mali Raw, Mali Raw, Mali Raw, Mali Raw. Oh, okay. Um, Don Cannon, Don Cannon, um, and those are like people that are sort of staples with. Yeah. Lizzie. So and Wonder Girl. Uh-huh. Well, I f- oh, I fucking love Wonder Girl. Is the, the fuck- track called Scott and Ramona? She's um she's from um. She's from Toronto. She's gotten production credits on, like, if you're reading this, it's already too late. Like, company. She made yeah, co- yeah. She, made she produced company. that. She got, I remember she got her first, like, real, like, attention when she <clears throat> produ- helped co-produce something on Magna Carta Holy Grail. Yeah, yeah. But, um... Fucking bomb-ass producer, yo. I feel like 
he still has a way to... Lil Uzi Vert versus the world is good now, but Money I expect... Longer is still my shit, though. Which one? Money Longer. I think it's good. That shit's fire. Yeah, that's a single, I believe. It's, um... It's got, got a little, it's got a couple joints on here. I she called me daddy. I, I, That's my shit. Yeah. I think um, just entirely, it just needs, um, he just needs more fine tuning as an artist. But Lose versus the World got some records on here. Mm-hmm. It's, um, some of them are hit for me. Some of them are missed for me. But mm-hmm. I think I like it overall. Yeah. I like the energy of it overall. Um, some of it doesn't process as well as it used, as well as it could in my brain, just like. And I don't know if that's a me problem or just a, him making the records problem, but it's I think, just. Mm, I think it's a little bit of both because mm. it's like he's so very new. It's like you've got to adjust to listening to him. Yeah, I think so. It's a, it's kind of like um, Chief Keef, in a sense. Where yeah. I feel like I had to like a sort of, I had to adjust my brain. Or look, Lil B, for instance, and I won't say they're directly correlated, but for Lil B, nah. I had to completely, one hundred percent, adjust my brain. From the conventions of how music is actually made to whatever off the beat. Avant-garde-ass. Yeah. Like, super, like, nah, I'm just rapping. Who cares if it's on beat? I'm like the beat motherfucker. Like the producer. <laughs> the beat is great. Yeah. I can't believe you covered the mic. <laughs> I, I was trying to pull it away because right. the, the shit keeps attack. Like, it's trying to stab me. Of Secretly, course. this microphone hates me and it's trying to stab me in my chest. Of course. Um... But, but yeah, Uzi shows wild potential, and I feel like yeah. someone's just gotta like come to him, just hone in. You just he's gonna hone in on. It. I feel like similar with Thug. I feel like similar it, with, with Thug. Thug it, it didn't come from just mentoring; it came from just constantly doing songs too. I think so. Yeah, but he, I mean, he had the mentor. He had you know Ti with T. I. him. Ti Birdman. Birdman. You know, he, he looked up to Lil Wayne a lot. I'm not sure how much they've actually worked together, but I know he's worked with a lot of Gucci Man, everything like that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he's had those sort of influences Damn, that Gucci, helped sort of mold his music. Gucci, Gucci, the prototype of this of like this era. I also like the artwork. I don't know. It's very um. They took it straight from Scott Pilgrim. Oh really? Yeah, like like even the last track, Scott and Ramona. Yeah, I like the artwork just because it's like it seems like it sums it up perfectly. But it's also very, like, for the kids of this age. Yeah. It's very, like, you know. He rapped about going Super Saiyan or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. He's, like, very millennial. He's, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, Very shit. much so. Um, But I guess if you had to rate this little Easy Vert project, what would you give it? Um, Solid three. I give it a three, too. It's not... It's not. It's good, and it shows a it's lot a, of potential. It's a good launching point. I'm glad that we've reached to this point here, because I know he just... Usually, he would just, like... There'd be, like, a SoundCloud playlist of just, like, shit that's thrown together for him, as opposed to, um... An actual project? Yeah, so he was well, like, he oh, had Love, is Rage. Love is Rage had some Oh, that's points. true, that's true, I forgot about that. I know he had a lot of just, like, sound, like, here's a little Uzi Vert Essentials playlist, and he mm-hmm. just, like, threw mad shit together that was just, like, found all over the internet. But, um, yeah, I'm glad that we've reached to this point. Mm-hmm. So, the next up is... ASAP Ferg. ASAP Ferg. Always oh. strive and prosper. Always strive and put out poop. Um, Lil Uzi Vert is on this album. If that makes Uzi Gang. Um, Uzi Gang. Right after Yami Gang. So let's actually before I play any music, let's um let's dissect this gentleman. Yeah, let's. So last album, Trap Lord. I guess it wasn't really mixed an tape. album. No, there was a mixtape before Trap Lord. There was a there was Ferg something Ferg World or Fergie 
Fergavelli or Ferg. It was some. There, there was definitely a mixtape between his last. This is how you could tell we don't really listen to this nigga. No, I mean, there's. I, I just haven't listened to that extensively. I remember I, there was like one track I really liked off that mixtape, but I remember there was Trap Lord, which I did not like as a whole. Um, I think it was just a two song project, and the two songs were Work and Shaba, and that was really it. Oh, his debut studio album, really? Yeah, it, it's called that his is- album, but I think it was it, its intention was to be a mixtape. Um, he planned to release it as a mixtape, and then they went ahead and just gave it for a commercial release, and it became his sort of debut album. Um, there wasn't a lot that I really liked from, you know, Trap Lord. Mm-hmm. I think the Trap Pope sort of narrative. Hood Pope. Or Hood Pope, sorry, was kind of very um, <laughs> weak. Um, I think just entirely, I think he's a very creative mind, but it's just like the lyrics or the the style of his records there's very it's very everywhere it's very um it has no real definitive sound mm-hmm. and not to say that you need that but i feel like it helps get the point across um f- moving from trap lord it's been a number of years actually he released it in 2013 and then released Ferg Forever. That was a mixtape. Ferg Forever. Um, that had a couple joints on there that I still don't remember. Um, so it's been three Go years ahead. since Trap Lord, and now he's dropped eight all always driving prosper. And he came out swinging with the single New Level. Mm-hmm. Um, New Level was perfectly placed. Heavy, heavy it, future. Yeah, that's what it needed. That's heavy what it future, needs to, but that's it was what it also needed to succeed in this, this I, future. But it was also a very, a lot of energy, a lot, yeah. a lot of energy. Um, and then he dropped the next single with Schoolboy Q. Oh, produced by Lex Luger. I had no idea. Let It Bang is produced by Lex Luger. Mm-hmm. Um, Let It Bang is another great record. It's not to say that I was expecting anything major from a Ferg project. I think he's actually much better in small doses. Mm-hmm. Than sort of long form. He needs heavy features and shit like that. But no, I I, I knew it was gonna have so many features. But I just like I didn't, I didn't from these excellent singles, and I call them excellent because they are. Um, I didn't think they were going to be. I still didn't believe in him as just an artist who can put out a cohesive, strong, um, potentially you know groundbreaking album. I'm just like okay, because Ferg is a guy who just likes having fun with it. He's um I think he's uh he does stuff for the moment mm-hmm. or um he's he's all about creating these sort of moments and I respect that because I think um some of that gets lost with a lot of these different artists in terms of just creating moments but I think sometimes yeah that's really what I think about that but um this ASAP Ferg album I'm still not entirely feeling it. I, th- I know a lot of just sort of the tastemakers and the critics are like, oh, my God, this is such a great album. I think it's crazy that Yammy Gang was produced by Lido and Cashmere Cat. Mm. I think it's crazy that... I mean, I don't think it's crazy that he's got this many features on his album. I think it's a testament to just the good guy that he is and just the people person that he is in terms of, like, he's able to connect with these people and build a sort of real relationship or real thing from that. And also a number of these people are on his label or been around his label. But um, I think it's a really expensive, half-assed album. Yeah, when I look at the features. And then who, like, he's got a no-ID beat. 
I was like, that was not cheap. Yeah, I mean... TM88, that was not cheap. I feel like it's a really expensive, crummy album. Just because, like, I feel like him as an artist, and I say this again, he's a creative artist, but it just doesn't come out as well as... It should. Yeah, or not, not even as it should, but just doesn't come out as well as, like, his contemporaries. Mm-hmm. For instance, like, ASAP Rocky. I think ASAP Rocky has a really... Oh, man. ...lyrical element to him that Ferg doesn't have. And also a, a knack for understanding sound and cohesion with this entire project. Whereas this and one's theme. kind of all over the place. You know, you've got the Stry featuring Missy Elliott, which... Um, it's a house track. Yeah. I feel and like I contrary like, to the general opinion, I actually do like Strive. I do like it. Um, I must go now. No, I... I, I, I didn't. I wasn't feeling it. I like Strive. Because it's not... um, Like, some house tracks are not meant to be wrapped over. That was one of them. Mm-hmm. That that sounded like a track that needed someone to sing over it and things like that. It didn't need someone rapping over it. I feel like, um, I don't know, just as this, you, you get through half of it and after like probably like new level, it's just kind of just starts like mm-hmm. dipping from there. And I didn't really give the rest of it a chance, but I understand that this would have worked well, I think, in like 2001. Mm. I think this album would have worked well in 2001, but from where rap is now, and and I think like just how everything sort of evolved in terms of lyricism, authentic, authentic, authenticity, and music, um, production, um, mm-hmm. making sure that the people actually feel the records. I think New Level is a great record that people feel because people enjoy it, and also Let It Bang. But like I think as he goes on, it just varies very very strongly. Um, and I know maybe my review of this just sounds kind of all over the place, like this album, but it's just like, I can't get a, I can't, can't get a good grasp. Yeah. I can't get a good grasp of what he's going for. I, I don't know if it's supposed to be an enjoyable album or a very like autobiographical album or a, like a very motivational album. I think it's all those things that at the same time, but I feel like it sort of loses itself through very multiple times throughout the album. Um, Hungry Ham wasn't a fan no. of. No. Just the hook. Oh, my God. And I think, I don't know. I don't think he's a great rapper. So, I was like, first of all, this sounds like something like some random nigga off Mad Decent would have produced. Yeah. And then Little it's like. Little by Skrillex. <laughs> so some random nigga off Mad Decent <laughs> produced this. Nah, I got mad love for Skrillex. I just wish he didn't have to do this. Um, I think there's a relationship between Ferg. I think no, nah, I think Willix is very well connected. Yeah, and I think it's especially as well, in the rap it's just community. like Ferg. Ferg is very well connected too. I think his personality lends a lot for people want to be support him and people want to get behind him. I think um I think honestly that's a lot of reason why sort of the tastemakers or the, you know, the people the I guess the influencers um, you know, who are Known in, I guess, and I'm using another word, buzzword, the culture, for uh, talking about this stuff and sort of reviewing music and delivering new music and putting on new music. I think that's the reason why they get behind this album. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the reason why they support him as an artist. I think they're supporting him, but I feel like the album overall isn't, you know, as strong as any of these reviews sort of give it, you know, country for um, I see Double XL gave it four stars. I see Rolling Stone gave it three and a half stars. I feel you know The Guardian gave it four stars. I can't see four stars. I think it's honestly to me. I think it's a slap in the face 
to albums who've actually like been better, like worked hard, and actually gotten real. Not even so much worked hard, but just like better that haven't got the recognition as this album has. And I think I don't know. It's just it's just very very weird. Yeah. Um. I appreciate what he does. I appreciate everything that he does, and I th- still think he brings a sort of. No, nah, I think he should stick to fashion. I think so too. Yeah. I mean, he, I think I, I think his element is like stronger in fashion, mm-hmm. but I feel like he. That's really what I want him to do. He, um, because I feel like there's no, there's no like he wants to tell a story, yes, but there's no hunger to like paint that picture lyrically. He has a place in New York as some of the guy you go to for like these very fun, very popular, very strong records, and I think that's sort of his lane. Um, and I think that's really at this point in terms of just growth of him as an artist, that's really all it's going to be um, until you know. I wouldn't say he's step up the bars, but, like, you know, step up just musically and cohesively and something like that. Like, take this music actually seriously um, as a whole. Just don't... I feel like it's it's very sprinkled with these great, you know, features and these great producers and things like that. But what does it mean as a whole? What does, a, what does always strive and prosper mean as a whole? Um, I'm going to actually listen to this album again. I haven't listened to this album in a week. Mm-hmm. I'm going to actually give it another chance, but my ears, the the Hungry Ham hook, I can't. I knew from bat. I knew off the jump. I was like, Hungry Ham, this is not going to go well. Um, but yeah, that was, if I had to review this album, I'd give it like a two. Mm-hmm. 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 Hard two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hell fucking yes. <laughs> no goddamn three. What I'd the give fuck? You a, like, I'd three give it is, a hard three is two. reserved for like, Things that are like, yeah, I could fuck with this. Two is like, all right, needs improvement, bro. Yeah, I think in just, I think as an artist, just in in general, he needs. He got a he got a life of Pablo. This he got to update the firmware. Yeah, well, yeah, I got to update some of the firmware, cut some of the fat. But you know, I, I'm not sure how he. he I, I'm not sure how his creative process is. I think it's a lot of. You know what would be cool doing this with oh, this God. person and that person. That's how I Sometimes feel. Sometimes like you can do the oh yeah, this would be cool, mm-hmm. but you also got to come with like some sense of realism because then you're just gonna overload yourself with unfitting crap. Right. Um. So we've got that. <clears throat> let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. Are so we moving on to the beverage? We are moving on to the two biggest releases of the week. All right, we'll the start double with the, main event. We'll, we'll start with the beverage first. We're gonna talk about lemonade. Beyonce's lemonade. <laughs> um, because around the corner, Ivy Blue fudge is made. Let's see. <laughs> Let me give context, I guess, to the release of this album. Because <clears throat> you got like the full coverage. Of, you of know? course, I'm like. I He's think internally weird. I'm a Beyonce stan, but I don't want to like. No, you're no, any of no, no. You're not a stan. You're rational. no. I'm not a stan. Stans I think, are not rational. I think I'm just a fan of her music. There you go. That's um, good. I'm not. I, I'm not committing to the tour dates or the Ivy Park or the. <laughs> you should not commit yeah, to Ivy Park. I mean, that's women's athletic wear, yo. Listen, listen. Yo, how come Beyonce didn't come out with a line of period panties? Some shit like that. Because that would be weird. That wouldn't be weird. Like <laughs> that would be weird. I don't know what. Any, I don't know anything like... about her brand that says period panties. Come on, I think it would be. <laughs> good, I think it would be a good idea for her, or she got to get in on this. Uh, this fucking Whoopi Goldberg cannabis 
PMS money. Nothing about her brand says that. Like, Whoopi Goldberg's brand is like, you know. It's because she got dreadlocks? You yeah. trying to say some shit? Junkie old lady. <laughs> <laughs> With the foams on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just got... junkie old lady. Hey, like, you can't be asking me for change. Cool you got fresh ass, ass sneakers. Cool ass next door. And then I feel like Whoopi Goldberg's the type of person, like, even though she's like a big star and was like, is actually like the only person with like an EGOT, which is like Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. She's still like she will still cuss you out in the middle of the street like fuck you buddy like fuck you because she's from New York yeah um <laughs> Beyonce's lemonade so she should have got in on that period penny money I'm telling you off the heels <laughs> self titled was released 2013 and that shit kind of got went hard in the paint yeah it was pretty dope she had the singles drunken love with Jay Z she even re released it like a year later with um Seven Eleven mm-hmm. and things like that she. She went on two tours. She had the, I forgot what the initial tour was, and then she had the On the Run tour with Jay-Z. Mrs. Carter? Mrs. Carter tour, yes. That's what it's called. She had the Mrs. Carter world tour prior to the album's release, and then eventually she went on the On the Run tour. Both great, you know, successes. Between this album, between, I guess, the self-titled and Lemonade, there was this big um, controversy in regards to the elevator incident. And it was essentially like, why is Solange whooping Jay-Z's ass and Beyonce just standing there mm-hmm. looking at her? Whole thing, a lot of speculation. It was the first real... No, you actually have to, see, you have to zoom into the footage to see Beyonce's mouth go, no, <laughs> no, Solange, don't uh, hit him. I feel like... Don't uh, hit him, not in the face, not in the junk, not in the face, not in the junk. Um, What was I going to say? I feel like... um. I'm surprised that they still went through the tour. I'm not. that going on. They like to be paid. But, well, yeah. They but like- it was just a very, very... For someone, you had to be out there and sort of... But I'm not sure the timeline of it. Like, this all could have been, like... The entire, like, Lemonade album could have been, like, oh, you're fucking... Why are you cheating on me? And then, like, we're back together. And this could have all been within, like, a three-week span mm-hmm. before the tour or something along those lines Um, in terms of that. But I think it was the first real chink in the armor of their relationship in terms of their perfect relationship and showing it that it's not perfect um oh. moving from there well actually from there i would i kind of want to bring Go the on. question to people i mean if this elevator incident never reached the light of day would this album have been made the way it was i think that's a i i don't know I've been thinking about that question as I listen to this album and I see the sort of inspiration behind maybe, it. Maybe, maybe if it never reached, they would have called this, um, what is it, submarine? Why? Because they would just been subs. We wouldn't know the context. <laughs> I feel um, like I don't know. I, I feel like people we would have accepted a- them as if this album was made and we didn't know by the end of it. I feel like people would take it as it is. Like, why is this? Why is she so angry? Oh my god! Like, why is she, you know this is a this is a vast. You know, departure from her normal... I mean, granted, it still is. But this is just a vast departure from her, like, her normal, you know, records where she's sort of like a vessel for these great, you know, amazing records. But I'm I'm wondering, like, it, would this have actually happened if the elevator incident didn't come to light? And um, I guess... Hold on. You're knocking on my headphones. Oh, my bad. Um, my bad, superstar. It's, uh, Lemonade was, uh, I mean, from there on moving forward, we all knew Beyonce was working on an album, or at least, you know, those of us in, in the loop, because there's various, like, 
oh, she was recording a music video here, she was recording a music video there, even though, like, you never knew the contents because she has, like, these, like, Beyonce stormtroopers who will shoot you on sight if you leak any of her shit. They got lemons on their heads. Yes. Um, they look like lemon grab. And I... <laughs> and then, um, I guess a couple of weeks ago, she was like, listen, you know, Lemonade is here, and it's going to be premiered on HBO mm-hmm. Saturday. And that was pretty much all we did. And, um... Did you watch the Lemonade movie? <laughs> Your question, bitch. No, I didn't. No, you didn't. Hell no. Um, um, so let me say this. I, I watched the movie as it aired on HBO. I haven't seen it again since. Um, not that I have anything against it or, you know, anything's wrong with it. I just haven't had the time to watch it Don't be it scared again. of these stands, man. No, 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 no. I haven't. I actually did want to watch it again before we did this because I think there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of things to digest about yeah. this actual film. Like the camel nuzzle. Yes. The um, camel nuzzle. But there's there's so much, like, uh, I, I actually want to say it's a great actual piece of work. Like, I think you should... It would give this album a lot more context to you if you want to go, you know, ahead with sort of exploring the context of this album. I think it would give a lot more context in terms of everything that she's talking about. Um, you think I wouldn't get it off the rip when no, I No, I know that you get it off the rip, but I feel like it adds more context. There's more layers. There's the 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 um the strength of it being a visual album is you're able to see it and see what she's thinking and see everything and the visuals and everything and sort of absorb it. It helps. It enhances the album, I'd mm-hmm. say. And I think with any sort of music video, it enhance the album. But she's really she went a, a step above and just created this sort of film about her relationship and all these symbolic, you know, images and symbolic. It was shot very, very well, by the way. Um, all these symbolic images and all these symbolic, you know. Um, the poem by um, crap. I'm Warren. War- oh my God. Um, the poem by that she um she used throughout the entire clip. A lot of you know, there's a lot of weight behind that poem, and I think it was a very very believe it or not, very very strong movie. Um, and soon enough, right after the movie, title got their shit together and it was like, listen, it's available now. Like it's available now for the world to digest, and I think it was. It was a great rollout as compared to how they rolled out Anti mm-hmm. by <laughs> Woo. by Rihanna and just sort of fucked it up. Yeah. But I think it was a great rollout from there. But um what do you think about I guess this lemonade album? Um how many, how many did you listen to it? Yeah. How many times did you listen to it? Twice. Okay. What did you think about it on your first um, listen? Um I thought it was out of the like I was like, yo, she listened to um she listened to what a lot of rappers did recently. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like she listened to Tim Pimple Butterfly, and she was like, you know what? I have to grasp this classic sort of sound. Because mm-hmm. a lot of records, like the record with Jack White, that's like, it's almost like the blues. Right. There's a lot of different sounds from this Yeah, album. it's a lot there's of different sounds. There's a country sound, there's yeah. rock, there's folk, there's Taken from many R&B, different places. hip. There's a little reggae influence on there with Hold Up or... Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, there's a lot going on in this album. Very interesting, very interesting. I thought she tried to, you know, what I like to do when when artists like try to touch many genres in one album. Mm-hmm. She tried to diversify her bonds. Sure, absolutely. And um, you got to diversify your bonds if you're trying to sell an album, I guess. But um, what would I what did I have to say about this? Um, just off the first listen, just how so, do you feel about it? Lyrically, because I don't give a damn about her personal life. Sure, this is a memoir. 
That's yeah. what this album is. It's a memoir. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what made me not fuck with it. I don't really... Like, I get it. I see that that nigga ain't shit. Mm-hmm. But Beloved, I don't care. Okay. I came here for your, like, like, how is Beyonce going to really turn up on this album? And I was like, yo, it, we get to, like, the end of this bitch. Mm-hmm. And it is not anything to really, like, you know, I don't know, anything to turn up to, anything that's going to... It's just, you got formation, that's it. Okay. I wasn't... What do you think about it on the second listen? On the second listen, it was like, okay, I see why people going to fuck with this. This is going to be like, this is going to cause so many breakups. I think <laughs> I think the album, I think in terms of just the creative process of an album, while it isn't my favorite Beyonce album. Um, I know it's not going to be a lot of people's favorite Beyonce album. It is the best Beyonce album. Is the best rollout for a Beyonce album. I feel like it is the best Beyonce album, just period. I feel like for a long time, and I think there's, for a long time, especially when I reviewed her albums, I called her, and I said this early in the podcast, oh, just a vessel for this great music. You know, she would sing single ladies, and it would just be amazing. And the way she performs it and the way she brings everything together, it's just, like, great. It enhances the song. Um she would sing a record like Irreplaceable or like Drunken Love that really, I mean, if it was given to anybody, I mean, it could have been given to anybody, but it's given to Beyonce, so it's mm-hmm. taken to a whole nother level. I feel like this is the first album where she had, it's it's a real purpose with this album. And I think this this um, this album is enhanced, and I think it's um, it's autobiographical nature in terms of that this is actually real and this is actually, well, We'll debate whether it's actually real or not. But the fact that she's opening her life on this sort of album is what I think a lot of people have asked for from her. I feel like a lot of people love her records and mm-hmm. they love Beyonce and they love the experiences at all because, you know, she gives people life and all this other shit. Um, but I think a lot of people didn't connect personally with it because they never felt anything personally from her. Um, a lot of people True. just felt, you know... Very true statement. I feel like where where this, you're actually seeing, you're going through the relationships. Mm -hmm. As um, Pray You Catch Me is literally when she's like, yo, is this nigga cheating on me? Like, is is he cheating on me? And then she's like, over the course of the album, it's like she, you know, you find out, like, yes, you know, you find out that he's cheating on her. Then she goes through the sort of denial and then sort of the rage and then sort of the, you know, leaving him and things like that and doing it on her own. And then, you know. The point where it had sort of daddy issues is where, like, she, she, um, she reflects on, she reflects on her her father. And I mean, her, she reflects on sort of mending a relationship with her father because her father, you know, it's like the sim, a similar thing with her, with his, with his, her mother in terms of like, she, she, he had a baby on the side, Mm -hmm. old ass man, still knocking the boots, um, Mm -hmm. had a baby on the side, um, her her mother and her father divorced, and she had to sort of understand or sort of how to cope. How the hell could that have happened? And then she, I think she eventually just, you know, she found solace in it because she is her father. And then she just end up like, listen, if I really do love him, we'll sort of make this work. And there's sort of reconciliation, and then there's sort of like, you know, there's love. It's a very, um, I guess autobiographical album for the moment, and I think it's one of her strongest works just creatively. I think everything sort of uh, 
the songs aren't like powerful to the point where it's like I feel like I could bump this every day of my life. I feel like that's you know uh, she she has that with other albums, but this I think she was trying to make a statement of, the, of it. And I like how you know she also uses a lot of just like you know black imagery. I think there's throughout the entire movie there's maybe like four white people, and not to say that there was anything sort of wrong with white people, but I think she, this is the point she wanted to stress. She's like, listen, you know, for the black women out here, this is the album that we sort of that you can sort of cope with, and you can sort of feel, and you can sort of you know understand i understand your pain because now i've been through it and now i can sort of bring it from this perspective and now i understand your perspective um it's been done before it's not like this hasn't been done before mary j blige you know mary j blige is known for i guess her albums on heartbreak keisha cole who's done it recently all these sort of r&b contemporaries who have done this before in terms of heartbreak and but just but to, it's on a bigger scale this is beyonce on a bigger scale yes because it's beyonce and jay-z and just the the great work that's on this album with producers and and um, and shout how, out to Mellow X. How everything was sort of on crafted there. on it. Yeah, it's shout it. out to my nigga Hit Boy. Hit Boy was on it. Every, I think um, if I were to choose a fuck a, Diplo, I don't know how he got there, but he I, got he well, has a I number know, of songs on. I know here. how he got there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm lying, but um, let's see. I want to get the shit. I want to get War Warson Shire. Okay, that's her, the Smolian poet. Um. Warshan Warshan Shire, who really just like sort of brought to life. I think, I think it's worth. And I don't know. I'm sure you're probably not going to watch it anyway. But I think it's <laughs> worth a watch. You know me so well. Yeah, I'm sure it's it's worth a watch if you mm-hmm. want to sort of enhance the experience of it. And I think that's what a lot of people have done. I've seen a lot of reviews on it that has been spectacular reviews, and I think the video, the visuals enhanced it. Um, <sighs> I, I I was reading a piece by. Um, Andreas ha- Hale, ah, if I'm getting your last name, Hal or Hale, I think it's Hale. Andreas Hale, who talked about just sort of recapping this entire album and everything like that, and I think you know he 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 marks the video as sort of enhancing experience, and he he was happy that he listened to it before he watched the video, because I think he listened to it and you know thought one thing, and then the video happened, and he was like, oh, okay, here's context for it. I think overall this is probably, I wasn't feeling it initially. Mm-hmm. And I could see how people wouldn't feel it initially because this it's isn't very different. Yeah, this it's isn't very different the, from anything she's ever done. This isn't the conventional sort of route that she's gone to. And I see a lot of artists, I guess, um, in this past year who've done their releases, like Kanye and Rihanna and and all these people. They haven't gone the conventional route with mm-hmm. releasing their music. And I think, you know, I think they're giving. I think it's a it's an it's a. I think it's positive for them, and positive is not the word I want to use. I think it's a credit to them that they're making music, the best music of their career, 10 years, 20 years down the line from their initial, you know, from their initial stop. Usually it's, like, out the gate. Like, you have Kendrick Lamar out the gate. Um, good music, good kid, Mad City, or, like, the Pimp a Butterfly, who's been out, like, majorly for a couple of years who are creating this great work. And I feel like it's a testament for her 20 years down the line from initially getting in the music game that she's making her best work. Um, if I had to rate it overall, I'd give it, like, I'd actually give it, like, a 4.5 out of 5. Oh, I was going to give it a 4. It's a really, really strong album. And... Um, I, I I think a lot of people are caught up now with the the narrative of it because people wondering if it is true or not, and I'm I'm skeptical as well. I'm like, listen, this could have just been an entire thing. 
to, you know, it, it could have, I think there's a lot of references that says this is true, but I think it could have been like, you know, a story crafted because they are entertainers, bottom line, and they are like, you know, they have to make money from this and all the other things. I think it could have been, you know, crafted that way, but, you know, I'm, I'm beginning to lean now that it's not so much. Um, yeah, that's all I had to say. I know that was a lot to say, but I think the album deserves a lot of praise, and I think, um, Beyonce, while I've been a fan for this long, I didn't expect this quality or level of quality from her with Lemonade, and I think it's, you know, they gave me lemons and I made lemonade is a great sort of sentiment for everyone to sort of follow up with. Um, Every villain is lemons. Yes. Um, how do you think Jay-Z... Damn, Bay, why you got to do me like that? Because uh, I'm, I'm thinking about that now in terms of just like, how does Jay-Z fit into this entire equation? So if it they is never true, forget. If it is true, how does he fit in this entire equation in terms of like, you know, he has to eventually release an album. Um, not to say that he can't just like, I call the cool guy Hove in terms like of just like, just like, you know, when he, when he hears someone talking shit about him, just brush it off or do two bars about it in a song. Yeah. He sort of finesses the point. He's like, ha ha ha, you know, uh, call that child support. <laughs> One of those things. Like it's, um, I'm, I'm wondering how, if he bothers to go to the press because between both Beyonce and Jay-Z, they haven't done any press since the incident in the elevator. And I I don't I don't know how longer they go they plan on going without giving any press. I'm just interested in seeing how he's gonna follow from this because I know he's working on an album. Um interested now in terms of like is this going to be a biographical album? Is he going to make a track like a song cry to or something along those lines or maybe like a track just like of explaining the situation or giving his sort of perspective on the situation. I'm just wondering. From she there. was just a friend. <laughs> but yeah, you know. She's such a crazy man. It was a it was a major release. It's set to do major numbers. By the time this podcast released, we'll know the numbers, but it's looking in over five hundred thousand. Sorry. Yes. Um but yeah, I'm I'm done talking about this album. Finally. Well, All right, let's move on to the main whoa, event. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why didn't you like this album? I can't relate to it. Mm. Like, I'm not going to... Like, to me, it's like, this is her, like, all right, I'm getting it out there, you know, you, everyone's got to know. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's like, I don't care. Because mm. I don't care about her situation. I'm not really invested in them. To me, their marriage was kind of, like, on the rocks when it started. Mm-hmm. It was a marriage for power, like two emperors do, like... Like, back in the day, the queen of whatever the fuck and the king of whatever the fuck mm-hmm. would marry, and they would expand their empires. Right. So, I don't really give a fuck about them. Mm. I guess. I don't really give a fuck about them. I mean, Beyonce makes hits. No lie. Mm-hmm. Beyonce is, like, a hit factory. Jay-Z, Jay-Z makes music for niggas to debate about in barbershops. Mm-hmm. These are the things that I understand about the world. Okay. Um, And that's my sentiment. But, yeah, I give that shit a solid four. Okay. You like it musically? Any... Musically, yes, and like it's very creative, and it's like wh- whoever executive produced this besides Beyonce, mm-hmm. like I give them a lot of credit too because it's like to sit down and try to make all these ideas and themes and genres cohesive. That's a lot of work. You don't think Beyonce did it? 
She don't do it alone. I mean, look at how many people she got featured as. That's true. As making part to the track. So it's like some people will sit there longer and be like, okay, so how do you want this to meld into whatever else you've got going on? Because that's what a real producer does. I feel like, well, no, I feel like she does that in the creative process. I feel like. But I, I feel like she doesn't just do it alone. I feel like there's. No, a lot no, of no. I know she both. Well, yeah, she doesn't just do it alone, but I feel like she. I think um, I was listening to uh, Just Blaze interview today, and I think. Um, he he laid out his creative process with working b- with Beyonce on this record on the record Freedom with Kendrick Lamar. Um, I really like the intensity of the record. Oh, in terms of my favorite records, I think the Weekend record I thought was initially good, and then I'm kind of like sick of it now. But um, Hold Up, All Night, Freedom, mm-hmm. uh, Don't Hurt Yourself, featuring Jack White. White. Um, very trippy. But she's like, I think he he. he gave the sentiments of, like, people don't give her enough credit for actually, you know, she's on the producing credits, but she's actually the one laying out the structure. So she essentially gave him, Beyonce gave um, Just Blaze the idea for freedom. She's like, this is what I want to do. She gave him a demo for the song. This That's is how I want it to sound. Do. Right. And this <laughs> is how I wanted to enhance it. So, you know, I just want to say that. Um, but, yeah, I give credit to the other person that executive produced this besides Beyonce. Um... And that'll be that. Okay. And we can lay this in the coffin and never talk about it again. Sure. I'm sure we're going to talk about it again, but sure, yeah. Uh, Well, if that's if she comes out with, like, I guess, a longer series of videos, Um, which is more than likely going to happen. Drake's release. Views from the Crip. Views from the Six. So Drake has been, for the last, I want to say, three years talking about this album. Um, The most memeable nigga on earth. Or maybe two years. Maybe it's two years. For the last, since his last album, he's been talking about this mm-hmm. album. Let's talk about that. Um, since his last album, he's been talking about this album. Views from the Six, you know, we can't wait to drop Views from the Six. He's preparing to drop it a couple of years ago. Actually, dropped if you're reading this too late mixtape slash mm-hmm. album slash whatever, however you want to digest it because it really doesn't matter. Um, Indeed. But he dropped that. A lot of raps, a lot of lessing, more raps. Um, it was it was it was accepted, I think mildly mildly. I think people recognize the lo-fi trap Drake. Yeah, people recognize it was cool, but like it wasn't anything like did not have staying power. Yeah, and I think that's a testament for him calling it a mixtape because yeah. he, he can get away with that. Um, but now we have views from the six, which he's been working on for a long time. Released in the in the past year he's gone through like even even in his downtime he's still making hits he's had the hotline bling mm-hmm. he's had back to back um he's released he had the the major feud with Meek Mill and then like done records off of that and then he's had his features he had his summer 16 he's had you know demos that are leaked of controller and that sort of became a mon- it's it's a bubbling monster on its own and mm-hmm. then now we've reached a point where it's like you know views from the sixes here um, it was released last night on mm-hmm. Apple Music. And Drake went all in on this one. Drake wanted to grab World Appeal. Um, views from the Six. The first question I want to ask is... is why does the, the cover look like this? No. Because that shit is kind of funny. I think the cover... I don't like the cover. I don't mind it. I don't think... Uh, I just think it's funny. I think there's there's been a lot more creative covers from other digital artists that have mm-hmm. been way more interesting. I think this is a great photo. 
I think throughout the entire album booklet, he's one to like stress his like great photography mm-hmm. and great the great team he has around him and sort of create creating these creative fucking you know him in the snow with the dog, him with this lavish sort of appeal. So he he he's managed to do that, and this is a great photo. This is a great you know of this building and things like that. But young I pinky ring. I think it. it Yo, I, the genius has credits on this. Hold on, roll down. Where? The genius. He's a dance hall producer. Sure. Hold on. It's got to be somewhere on here. Um, Go but on? yeah, he has a full... How do you feel about it in terms of just being as long as it is? Hmm. As being as long as it is? You know, it's, it's a 20-track album. I skip around since I've heard it like at least three times by the time it <laughs> dropped yesterday. Mm-hmm. So um, I just skip around, really. I, make, I think I made a playlist of like, of like tracks on there. Track ten, mm-hmm. what was track ten? Probably um, still here. Still here. Yeah. So huh. it's That's... a it's a long album for it to be, and I initially called it as a double album. Oh yeah, because that samples that record. Okay, yeah, I understand. I initially called it a double album, and it wasn't. It ended up not being a double album, just a really really long album. And I know, like, according to music artists, if you like, if your album is worth ten, is after. It's longer than ten tracks. They start charging you for all the other tracks mm-hmm. after it. Buy some, you know, because he's Drake. Like, f- fuck you. Um, <laughs> but I want to. I, th- I think the first major credit I want to give this album is for the production because mm-hmm. I think the production is really, really great. Keep the family close. Nine, you with me. Feel no ways. Hype. You can go through the entire album. I feel like um, the production is top notch from Forty, and I think you know he executive produced the album. He, you know, along with Drake, and I think, like, the production is just, like, immaculate. Compared to Nothing Was the Same, I think this is, like, next-level production. Yeah. Um, And it's it's great for it's, that. Great for the pro- progression of them as the music artists. In this space where it's still very lo-fi and Drake, but still very pop and has very good appeal. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um... I moved my face away on purpose. Bitch. Yeah, I mean, well, you moved, this, this well, you moved way closer to me, and I'm just like, oh, great. This is very, so I can see the credits. This is a very intimate sort of uh, uh, yeah. album review you, we have got here. You want some flowers? Sure. Oh, um, but I don't know. I've had, I want to say, past 15 hours to digest this album. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a sin on Twitter. A sin? Well, no. Twitter wants you to judge it right off the rip. No, Twitter doesn't. Twitter, Twitter, no, Twitter doesn't you, want you to judge it off the rip. Twitter wants you to judge it off the rip, and if it, they say it's fire, it's got to be fire. If not, we're getting into a lengthy debate. And I know how Twitter works. I've seen Twitter. I feel like the I have the Googles. The I feel like the debate of you cannot review this album. On the first listen or a couple listens, like if I have two listens within this album within the three hour span, like I can review this fucking album, and mm-hmm. this isn't like a tough album to get, especially this album. If it was like to pimp a butterfly, I could understand, yeah. but this is fucking Drake, so I don't understand the sort of um, you can't review this after just three hours, or you can't review this after five hours. If you're like someone who's just like. Who's you know good at reviewing albums? You've reviewed multiple albums before, especially these publications, yeah. New York Times, or like you know the Guardian or anyone Double XL, you know the Source, whatever. If you could, if you if you have a, if this is what you do for a living, you can review this album. It's not really a, 
you you begin to get the sort of um, exercise behind it, and you understand what he means and the points you want to hit and how it's affected his life thus far. Um, what's your favorite track from this album? You know, it's so funny. It's like a, a, a like a tie. Between... I'm so so sorry. I'm it's... so surprised because we were having a discussion about this in our in a in a group chat. Um, not our, not our group chat, but another one. We have several. Yes. Um, Fire and Desire was not a complete cover of like a Tina Marie and <laughs> Rick James song. I thought he was <laughs> going to just like cover it like word for word. Like there's this like Fire and Desire. Like if you watched the BET Awards a number of years ago, it was actually like one of Rick James' like last appearances where he came out with like Tina Marie and started singing Fire and Desire in like the aisleway and shit like that. And mm-hmm. we were just like, what if Fire and Desire is like a direct cover of that fucking song? And then it ended up being something else about like mm-hmm. relationships, about like past relationships and how yeah, that's they what don't they respect all are. them. But, um so I think on this joint I don't think I have a favorite yet. Let's see. Um, Grammys, definitely, because once that bass kicks in and Future starts going off on his shit mm-hmm. and shitting on niggas, I I can't say no to that I think track. Nine is amusing. Nine is, yeah. Nine is dope. Uh, I took the six turner upside down out to nine. Uh, that's cool. That's funny. That's that's jazzy. Um, the, kids will, the kids will rock with such things. Yes. Um, but. You with me having that interpolation of DMX was hilarious because I know DMX hates him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but you know, DMX getting that check. What are you supposed to say? No, like what the fuck. <laughs> um, I think this album starts off very, very well until it gets to redemption, um, and then it sort of like gradually falls off of the fucking Toronto sky shit that he is perched upon on this album. Um. I think Keep the Family Close, Nine, You With Me, Feel No Way is Hype, Western Road Flows. I think that all comes with this very, like, great production. It's very, like, strong lyrics. And it, there's a few, there's a bit of rapping on it, but it's mostly, like, melodic rapping or, like, singing. It's until it hits Redemption, which is, like, this very, like, slow-burning, classic Drake, you know... If you've ever heard Jungle or if you've ever heard, like, The Resistance or if you've mm-hmm. ever heard, like, you know, The Real Her... No, actually, maybe, like, doing it wrong or something along those mm-hmm. lines. It's one of those sort of slow, brooding sort of Drake records. 30 for 30 freestyle ass. No, I think... Are we talking about, like, emotional, Yes, like, emotional I'm things. going to touch up your leg, Drake. Yeah. Um, and then, like, the With You with Party Next Door, I'm not really crazy about. Yeah. Um, Faithful, Pimp C, and Division... Really not crazy about that in just terms of just like, oh, you have this Pimp C verse and then you're like singing on the rest of the song. Like, how could you? Um, Still Here, I think I like Still Here. Still Here is dope. Control is dope. And there was a lot of controversy when everyone heard it with no pop. I think it's controversy between people who, um, people who admire or respect sort of dance hall and mm-hmm. like Soka and all of that. It's very funny because the genius has a credit right here on controller, mm-hmm. and then he's also they've got um credits from where is it? Who are you looking for? Oh wow, Popcorn doesn't have a credit on there. Well, he didn't have he's, anything on it. I mean, I mean, I think he's. Still I think does. he was a part of the writing process. He might. He might. He might. Because he if he had that feature time. in mind when thinking the song, he's part of the writing credit. Um, but who knows? But mm-hmm. I feel like controller. 
I demand Drake release a controller with the mastered ones with no with no popcorn. no just an all popcorn version of controller. I feel like yeah maybe popcorn and just then we himself. can have a controller rhythm and mm-hmm. then we can give it to several artists like Cranium and then well, Sirani can dust off his silk shirt. Well, that is not how American music works. It's exactly, it's capitalism. Not, it's not about <laughs> it's not about that. Can't pay for these. These things like that, but I think I feel like um, controller rhythm. Nigga. If you if you care about dance hall and if you care about sort of that sort of thing, I feel like you're very like why the fuck isn't popcorn on this record? But if you don't like, you really don't give a fuck. Like probably like eighty five percent of this country, I think they don't give a shit either way. Yeah, I feel um, like I feel like outside of like the big Caribbean enclaves, nobody really cares. Yeah, I don't think so. Nobody um, really missed him. And nobody really knew who he was. How do you feel about One Dance, a single? One Dance? Oh, my God. You know, it's so funny. Dominican people love this track. Why? But they know nothing of African music. Sure. So it's mad funny. I feel like people still calling this Caribbean. I feel like that's They're, just... they're still calling this dance hall. Yeah. And they're still treating like, it like it's reggae. Well, it's okay. And well, I was like, WizKid is on this. Yeah. And then, like, there's a feature from, like, a house artist yeah. on I was whatever, like, okay. Man. All right. But um, I think that's, like, you know, it's still very, like, mm-hmm. new to this country mm-hmm. and this well, it hasn't really exploded at any sort of there has been no major like you know Nigerian act or sort of any African act or even like even from British Britain I feel like there hasn't been any sort of major I think they tried it with Debange a yeah. couple of years ago when they signed him to good music but it oh, really yeah. never got off the rip um, it's slowly coming to America and I mean slowly like very fucking slowly mm-hmm. but you know, I feel like Drake gave it a good platform, and now we're gonna probably hear like Justin Bieber and uh, and uh, Britney Spears and DeVito. Yeah, some along those lines. Um, Grammys of Future, what an event that was. Um, that like was... something that probably ended up on the cutting room floor of What a Time to Be Alive. Um, yeah. Well, no, well, I don't. Well, yeah, yeah. might have been. Yeah, like the way the beat works so. for Future mm-hmm. works too well for me not to believe this was one of those cutting room. I'm trying to figure track. out why Lil Wayne has is it is he sample Lil Wayne on um Child's Play? I need to hear Child's Play again. It's very funny because Child's Play, um, even though no one notes the sample mm-hmm. in Child's Play, it's "Roll That Dick Like a Soldier." Mm. This is a, it's an old bounce track. I forget who who sings it. I don't know if it's Sissy Nobi or. You don't have to adjust it. I know people can hear me. I mean, I mean, yeah, people can hear you, but I want them to hear you like clearly. What do you mean clearly, nigga? I enunciate. I know, I know, but like you, you know, you're away from words? the mic. All right, I'll put the mic back. I'll put the mic back where it was. Thank you. Um, I like it like that. Sure, but uh, it's not up all of my grill and shit. I like too good featuring Rihanna. Yo, that shit is bomb. Yeah, and I know it's gonna be like it's gonna be it's like a combination here going on. Yeah, it's gonna be like controller. This is like work. Redux. It's work, like, oh, work part two. Work again. Featuring Diddy and Mario Winans and shit. Oh like my god, that, I gotta kick you with the teeth. Dun, 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 dun. Yo, that's my favorite opening to a record ever. <laughs> the fucking the I Need a Girl Part Two. It's like boom 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 boom. Alright, never mind, fuck it. Um You're hilarious. Uh let's see. I, I don't know. This this entire album It was okay. That's how I feel like. It was okay. Mm-hmm. It was it was an okay album. It's not, you know, people people are talking about this classic thing. Does Drake have a classic album? Why are people so worried about that? Our generation won't because I feel have like that. he's a he's a great artist, and I feel like we're used to these artists having classic albums. Like our our, our the 
the pillars of rap, especially the ones who have influenced this generation. Mm-hmm. I feel like our generation, or maybe just a generation right before us, we're used to these like these classic albums coming around with these. Great I don't artists. worry about that anymore. You used to like Snoop Dogg, who's had a long longevity career, mm-hmm. having doggy style, and then you've used to Jay Z with Reasonable Doubt, or even Blueprint, or you used to Nas with Illmatic, and you're used to you know Kanye West, the college dropout. You have all of these that are like critically acclaimed classic albums. And, you know, Notorious B.I.G., Life After Death. Mm-hmm. Um, all these critically acclaimed albums. So we're like, okay, we know Drake is like a pillar. I don't even think, you know, people... I stopped cons- worrying about that. I don't even think people would consider J. Cole having any sort of classic album. Um, I stopped worrying about that because it's like something's a classic to somebody. Yeah. It To me, it's all opinion-based, and I'm not going to let the cloud of a but couple writers I think tell me what's classic and what's not. I think it's fun to me. To me, Slime Season 2 is a classic, nigga. That shit is lit. Mm. I think it's it's fun. I think we... Um, I love that album. I think we, as uh, Justin Culture in general, have these albums that we pit as classics. And we do it we because they're just... That. No, I don't think we, set, we need I to think stop. We, I think we got to stop doing that. No, we set I ourselves up for disappointment. No, I, I don't Cause think we... Because people put such a heavy scope and spectrum based on like previous albums, but this generation is new. These albums sound like like almost like nothing that came before them. But I feel like you have these albums that are like pillars of rap and hip hop. Like you have these albums. Well, who who sounds like this for anymore? like hip hop? Like I think you have when you have these like albums. Anymore? No, I mean I even think like Good Kid, Mad City. I'm not gonna say. I mean I'm gonna say it right now. Good Kid, Mad City to me is a classic album, and mm-hmm. it's gonna remember it for a long, long time. I feel like you have these pillars of albums that we as a culture need to um, sort of. I think. They're great to preserve and they're great to have, and I think they're great to go back to and understand and dissect and, you know, just absorb in general. I think, you know, you don't need to necessarily have these classic albums, but I feel like as any sort of genre in music, they will have these classic albums that they revisit, and I think they influence a lot of... I think it's those classic albums that influence Mm -hmm. a lot of different, you know, music artists. Like, you have this Lauryn Hill, Miss Education Lauryn Hill, which has, you know has influenced a lot of female rappers just down the line. I think now you have, you know, Good Kid Mad City which brought back our entire fucking coast that was pretty much damn near no mm-hmm. one was going no one was talking about it. You have Good Kid I'm not you Good Kid Mad at City. Some point. Yeah, <laughs> get, rich, get rich or die trying. You know, his chest doesn't move up or down. His chest is just caving in as I have the same problem in the gym too. <laughs> you just um, don't breathe? Yeah. You it, just be throwing weights around. No, but my like they'll you the trainer pop a blood vessel, the trainers will come up to me and head. like trainers will come up to me and be like, "Yo, breathe." breathe. I'm like, "Okay, cool." Breathe before um, you have a prolapse, nigga. I feel like <laughs> get rich die trying. Like you have those albums that you could sort of revisit and you're like, "Yo, these are a classic these are the classic. These are the definition. This is the snapshot, the memoirs of our era or, you know, something along those lines. I don't think necessarily not having a classic album. I don't know if it's like if it's too much pressure to have a classic album, then it's just like what we do you make it that way? No, nah, I feel we like we make it that way. No, fans, fans make it that way. Critics make it that way. But I so feel we like we put you, a lot of pressure on the artist. But I feel like you should be able to make the be- you should make the best things that you want to make. And I'm not saying just to put the, but the art is I'm, often a reflection of self. I'm not. Sh- I'm not saying that the we're like, yo, you have to make a classic album. But it's like you want to. If we recognize this, if we recognize the artwork that you've done as a classic album, why can't we just recognize it as a classic album? I think why can't we recognize that all of these 
all of these records transcend time and transcend just a sound and transcend just a period that they'll be remembered for our entire lives. I feel like why can't we just do that? Yeah, fuck classic albums. That's still <laughs> that's still my thing after all that talking. Um, um I feel like people get too focused on the title. People want people want that they're for their like favorite artists and things like that, but I feel like it's not a thing that's going to happen when you have so many people debating each other constantly. Sure. I mean, I un- I understand your viewpoint too. Yeah, I, so I feel like if it's a classic to you, by all means, that's you. You like that. Okay. You reflect. You you can feel that. You can reflect that in your life. You feel very like attached to this. Um, but this album, it's like it touches a lot of different bases. Like mm-hmm. not on a not on a, even on an American level like Lemonade. Mm-hmm. This touches a world basis. Sure. Like with dancehall, Afrobeat, and things like that. I feel like Lemonade still. Like it's still a worldly sort of album. It's a worldly album, but I feel like it's based in a lot of American music styles. Too. Sure, okay. So that's why I'm saying like it's in in sort of that vein, mm-hmm. like even classic styles. But just like this album standing on its own, um, I don't um, know. Do since you wa- it's so long, I always have to pick and choose. If it was shorter, it was shorter and more concise. Mm-hmm. And we had like I don't know five five Moody Drake songs, five Drake Cartel songs, or whatever. Right. You know. It would have been good. I feel like you can make two really good albums out of this. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's obviously one side of the album, which is like, you know. I've been on the road. Yeah. I've been those, fucking hoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And hoes left me and all this other shit. Yeah. Or like, I've been and fucking then Hollywood it's like, hoes. It's like, girl, come over here and wine pandy cocky gal. Yeah, or something along those lines. Like, <laughs> you have those fun records. I think you could you could make a two great albums out of this. Um I love the samples on this album. Mm-hmm. They, um, you know, it's very funny. They took um, Popcorn off of Controller, but they put a Beanie Man dub play at the end of Controller. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then they also had um, one of one of they had one of Popcorn songs. Was it at the end of Too Good? Mm-hmm. That shit had me weak. I was just like, Yo, y'all niggas ain't serious. Yeah, I feel like I I was I I like the DMX sample. I like the um, the Mary J. Blige. I'm not sure if it's so much a sample. Wikipedia says vocals. I'm assuming it's a fucking sample because it mm-hmm. sounds like Mary's joint, which is a great, like, Mary talking about, like, her life and, like, potentially weed as well. Um, but <laughs> Potentially weed as well. You know, and then there's Brandy, and I, like, I love Brandy. There's a Brandy sample on Fire and Desire, even though it's not the song that I wanted. But, you know, it is what Dedicated it is. Dedicated part three, beloved. Mm-hmm. But it's a it's, it's a great it's a, this album is it's good, but it's not like it's not flaming hot. Nah, it's 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 good. It's I'll give it I'll lit. give it what it is. It's good. It's a good album, but um, I think a lot of people expected more from it. They shouldn't have. Why you say that? Because stop setting yourself up for like things you expect and things you want to be there because once the artist drops it they drop it and it's going to be either completely different or you're going to be disappointed because you got exactly what you expected i feel like people expected a lot because um because of the controversy or no i or think the people just revisions or no i think just this was an album that he's worked on for a very very long time mm-hmm this is by far but, the longest. This is by far the longest he's ever worked on an album. What? 
and this is this is a huge but people never take into consideration when artists go back to the drawing board because the sound of music changes throughout the course of months mm -hmm. so he might have amassed a whole bunch of songs that he made but some of them might have sounded too old too unpolished too not well thought out so i feel like he made a lot of songs during that period mm -hmm. and just either like dropped them as like teasers for when the album comes out right like there's nothing close to like right hand on this album. Right. So it's just like there are tracks he'll just drop as like breadcrumbs till the album comes out. Mm -hmm. Because the sound of music does change on like a, what a, a like about a six month basis. I say this, and and, and it echoes what um I was listening to Justin Davis's podcast the the other day. Shout out to Justin Davis, the voice of the voice, funniest podcast. nigga on the planet. Um, I say this, and I echo what he's saying. He's worked on this album for a long time, which means that he's thought about what he's going to say and thought about a lot of what he's going to do mm -hmm. for a very, very long time. And I think a lot of people um, understood that, and I think a lot of people saw that. Mm -hmm. um, yes, there are a ton of records that didn't make this album. There's a whole album that didn't make this album, and it's called, like, <laughs> If You're Reading This, It's Too Late. Um, but I feel like this one, he... There was a lot of thought process. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of um, revisions. There was a lot of he. I think he wanted to make this just the encapsulation of his city and make this a really, really great album. I don't know. Maybe he just wanted to like describe Toronto for like the world or bring Toronto to the world. Maybe that was the goal. Of this I album. think that yeah. I think that might have been it. I think you might have actually and it, nailed and it. it. And it and he you know he what? nailed it. You smart. Yeah, he You're nailed smart, it because I would have never got that. He nailed it because it was just like. You have Toronto, this very, very diverse city, and you mm -hmm. have these very, very diverse sounds through this entire album. And I think, like, you know, I don't know. I just think mm -hmm. expectations come once, um, I think the moment you release a single, you give expectations to the album. Oh, absolutely. And I think they can't be, they can't necessarily be ignored unless you just say nothing or you release nothing about the album. And that's, I think, what, that's, I think, what a lot of artists do now. Like, for instance, Beyonce will say nothing for an album, or Jay-Z, nothing. Or they don't want any sort of expectations. They don't want you to believe anything is going to happen on this album until it actually happens. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Just long story short, let's get to the review of this album, because this is going very long, <laughs> um, and we have to leave. Um, this album I would give thus far, and maybe it'll change a week later, Maybe we'll revisit this album next and, week and, and see and how we feel about it. And find out it's not super... I would give this album a 3.5 out of 5. Really? I gave this show a 4. I like it. I like it too, but I don't think it's... it's, it's the I feel like... The filler is very, the cause I was is like, very prominent on this cause album. Because I, treat, I treat it like it's going to be... like I treat it like I dissect it. Mm -hmm. And then I rearrange it around in the order I feel like it should be in. But that's not what it is. Exactly. But this, I feel like I could make art into anything, my nigga. I know, but it's like it's not the way it's like I'm 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 talking about. Like I could easily cut this shit down and make it like a great fucking album. Hell yeah! But <laughs> hell yeah, nigga. Which is what I'm going to do. By Yo, the way. I'm definitely doing that. Which too. is what I'm going to do. If you think I don't have a fucking views fixed up playlist, right? If, which is exactly what I'm going to do. But because I feel after like, like the third time listening to it, I was like, nah, this should have been here and this should have been there. In the way it's presented, in the way it's released, I think it's good. It's good. It's not great. Mm -hmm. It's not life changing. I don't think he actually. I think his problems that he's talking about are exactly the fucking same as nothing was the same. Oh, well, are his problems really going to change? 
I mean, he's on top of the world now. Like, well, it, he's on top of that tower. That's about well, it. Well, yeah, but I feel like from nothing was the same was him getting to the point where he was accepting who he was, mm-hmm. and now at views, this is him looking down. Like, look at all these fucking ants out here. Like, he's on top of the world. He he knows he's this big global act, and I feel like, um, fuck, I forgot the point I was making. But I just feel like it's it's the same issues. Mm-hmm. The same sort of sound, the same, nothing has sort of uh, given him enough, nothing has really, I guess, in his life given him the inspiration to sort of push it a little bit further. I even feel like, I'm listening to the track Views, mm-hmm. the the final track before Hotline Bling, which Hotline Bling is like, the final track is like hilarious because everyone said it wasn't going to be on it. Um, I think Views is just like, Views is like a poor slick talk Drake, like poor, like it's like poor man's, um, fucking stay scheming. No, like we, poor man's like pound cake or oh, like poor man. You mean like, that slick talk? Drake. Yeah, that slick oh. talk Drake. Where we're like six p.m. in New York, or even I think that's kind of poor. But like, cause it was, it was, I think it was more notably known as a Tiger track. But it's just like, sort of telling his stories, like yo, I feel like it's just really weak. I feel like a, a number of these songs in here don't live, not live up, but just like they're just not that great of songs, um, and nothing has really changed. No, he hasn't just he hasn't continued to push the envelope from. Um, nothing was the same, and I feel like next album, because I'm sure he's working on the next album, or if he's had thoughts about the next album, um, not to say that you know push the envelope, but it's like you know. Yeah, where the fuck is Dream Chasers for? You don't say. I don't know. Yo. Find me. You're really find asking me, that. <laughs> I'm really asking that because Meek Mill tweeted the link to this album. He didn't tweet the link to this album. He said, "Go out and get this album." That was a tweet from four years ago. Oh, thank God. That was a tweet from five years ago. It was a tweet oh. when "Take Care" came out. Oh my God. Yeah, it was a tweet from "Take Care" came out. I saw that tweet. I was like, "Oh around. my God, what the fuck is going on?" Yeah. As the world fucking. I mean, you never know. You never know. They might show up on Snapchat together, swapping faces. Like fucking Kylie and then and, and fucking Black China, they've Maybe apparently swap asses. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let's end there. Really? Um, yes. We didn't even get to talk about Rachel Ray, Rita Ora. Fuck them! I don't give. A nah, fuck. All right. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I'm, I'm well, y'all were wilding out yeah. with that Rachel Ray shit. Rachel that bitch Roy. makes thirty minute meals. I don't <laughs> think she was fucking Jay Z. It was supposed to be Rachel Roy, and then like the beehive totally fucked up and targeted Yo, Rachel Ray. That which was is, like, like the funniest that's shit some on earth. Shit, that bit, they put mad lemons under her shit. She's like, oh, they must really like my lemon pepper wings. <laughs> oh, that's funny as oh, shit. Oh my god. Um, that was yeah. Again, that was funny as shit. All um, right, this is this is the end of the show. Um, um but, I really like views from the six, sure. but we could always break it down into something better. Yeah, I think you can do it on any album. Yeah, I think you could do that. Yeah. Um Yeah, with too many fucking songs on it. Yeah. Um, Saudi Audi, Dope Delicious will be out next Check week that Friday. Out. Um oh May hit, 6th, hit me up for physical copies of the Barry Cam of Sounds mixtape because we got that on deck. We got that on flash drive. Sure. Ten Dara. <laughs> Ten Dara. Um Yeah, and you know, you can dropping all these motherfucking mixtapes. Doing all these mixtapes at the same time. I know. I feel like I feel like Lil Wayne. A little bit. Lil Wayne. A little bit. You should be very proud of yourself. Um, nah, I'm not. Why I'm, not? I'm a regular dude. Um, I'm a regular dude. Audi audi, 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 aud
six 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 on crip 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 crip. Oh, wow. Well, you said it, not me. Exactly. Um, we're out. Peace. Yep, it's lit.